Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. We are in the doldrums, my friends. Minicamp is over. OTAs, the offseason program, all that stuff is over. And now is when Andrew Brandt would famously say he would just kind of hold his breath until any phone call would scare him because it was a worry that a player would have gotten in trouble, done something he wasn't supposed to, anything like that. Uh, Hopefully, nothing like that happens uh, for any team. As we get into uh, July, it'll be the first day of training camp is Matt LaFleur announced it. And I don't remember it. July 25th will be the days that most uh, the rookies and quarterbacks and stuff report before that. Uh, but that'll be the week. Family night is on August 5th. And then, of course, preseason games, August 11th, August 19th, August 26th. Bengals, Patriots and Seahawks, respectively, for those three games, two of which are at Lambeau Field, which is, I guess, a nice thing since the Packers don't get a home game until the end of September this year, but that is what it is. Schedule quirks are schedule quirks. I don't complain too much about those. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Like, rate, subscribe, do all of that fun stuff, and tell your friends about us so we can do more of these things. I am joined uh, as your host tonight. I'm Jacob Westendorf, as I am every single Tuesday. I am joined tonight by Jacob Morley. Jacob, school's out for the summer. Football's out. The Packers went paintballing last week, so that was their team bonding activity, and it looked like they bonded, so that was a nice thing. What? Uh, anything else interesting happened in your life or the Packers' lives in the last week? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Uh, Jordan Love called Bears fans dad or something. And, like and that Justin Jones, uh, apparently uh, Packers oh, yeah. fans cannot, cannot cheer for their favorite team. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. That was a weird thing to say from Justin Jones, because like, what prompted that? Like, I what, like, I like what do the we, way what do we do. <laughs> I like the way that like the bear media is spinning it as like, Oh, they have a newfound buy-in and focus. And it's like, no, they what? say stuff like this every single yeah. year. Like the Packers beat, 
Chicago, I think it was after the first game last year, or maybe it was after the second time. I don't know. They beat them so many times. They all blend together. But Jaquan Brisker tweeted something along the lines of like, oh, that's the last time for a while. And it's like, okay. Like, I mean, granted, yes. Now this time. This time will be the last time for a while. That's yeah. yeah. That's and, I mean, case. granted, maybe, what, it's been like over a thousand days since the Bears have beat the Packers. It was 2018. Yeah, they have not they'd beaten be like, the Matt Lafleur coached Packers team. It'd be like 1,200 days. Yeah, that's, that's a very long time. It is a very now. Granted, or, yes, uh, the stuff that's uh, I don't know who tweeted it, but they're like, you know, if Jordan Love doesn't pan out, the Packers are going to go back to how they were in the 80s. Irrelevant. I think that was. Colin Cowherd, but it's like, dude, that's not the flex you think it is. The eighties, that was four decades ago, almost five. Like, yeah, <laughs> if you, this doesn't work out, you're going to be as bad as you were 50 years ago. Like, okay. Like maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe so. I don't know, but like, it's been a long time. So I guess like if, you know, a it's lot of averages, long, it's been a long time. Probably, and I just, there's so many things that have changed since the eighties. I just, and maybe I'm naive because I've only ever known winning Packers football, but like, I just feel like the infrastructure buzzword of the organization is just so good that I don't, I mean, Grant, are they going to have bad runs? Sure. Like, could this, like if Jordan Love stinks and the Packers are bad, they'll have missed the playoffs at minimum back to back years. And it'll probably take them another, at least two years to potentially get back. So you're talking four or five years of a bad run in that scenario. But I mean, the seventies and the eighties, people talk about those times. And of course that was a really long time. That's 20 years of being really bad. I just can't picture the Packers being that bad for 20 years, but we'll see long way to go for that. Justin Jones, uh, kudos, man, whatever. But like, I, I like it, it was, to the, it was, it was weird too. Cause he, it was directed at the fans, not really the team either. Well, he did say some stuff about Aaron Rodgers on the way out the door too. And he's like saying, I, w- I want to beat him. And I wish he was there kind of thing. He sounded like, remember the movie, uh, Bruce Almighty, where the gang members that of or I don't even know if they were gang members, but the the group that beats up on that young guy or whatever, and they they get him to go, and then they're like all walking away after they beat up on him, and Bruce just kind of yells at him, goes, "Yeah, you better keep walking." That's kind of what come back. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Rogers isn't coming back, I guess, but like that's kind of what Justin Jones did. It was like, "Oh, Rogers is gone." I wish he was still here because we would have beaten him and them. And maybe they will. Like maybe Chicago will beat the Packers the first game of the season. I don't know. Week one is weird. And I have no idea what Jordan Love is. I'm not going to change my opinion on that just because he's the starting quarterback now. But, and I frankly don't really know what Justin Fields is either. There's a lot of different things that are going to happen. I just felt like the, the comments were stupid and turning them into this positive thing for the Bears. Like there's this newfound buy-in and focus. Like, I agree. The boogeyman is gone and NFC North foes are going to feel as if like, okay, there's an opening now. And I'm sure they felt that way when Favre left too. You know, the Packers have been far and away the most successful team in the division since Aaron Rodgers became the starting quarterback in 2008. They're the only one to hoist the Lombardi trophy all the way down the line. That's fine, but nothing more than that. I don't think there's anything more than that. And and I'm sure, Morley, if the Packers go out and win week one in Chicago and just say Love dices him up and throws for, you know, 275 yards and three touchdowns, everybody's going to be like, oh, they got another one. Like, I can promise you after that first game of the season, I there will not. Last night. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> I had a dream last night. This is not just 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 came to mind. I had a dream last night that Luke Musgrave had four touchdown catches <laughs> week one versus the Bears and and love through five. That would Can be, you imagine? I mean, that would be insane. But that'd be hilarious. That's, but that's exactly that's, that's my subconscious by being like, yes, man, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that would be amazing and hilarious. It would. would I can promise insane. there will you, there will not be a shortage the, of takes after those two games or after that. I will be. Game I will be the most insufferable person on Twitter if that happens. I have bad. news. I mean, I I will I will throw caution to the wind. And probably make declarations as if Jordan Love has been playing that way for five years, and it is not just week one. But uh, either way, I think that's we all. Now that's gonna be it's gonna be a good test for all of us this year, a good test of like patience. Because I, even as Jordan Love's number one supporter and fan, I'm willing to admit, like you just said, I don't know, I really don't know. And one thing I do know is if he's even if he is good. Even if he is as good as Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be an up and down season. Like that's just how it's going to be. You know, he's there is a very slim, slim chance that he comes out and pulls a Patrick Mahomes and is just MVP. You know, God mode from from Jump Street. And that could happen. We We've seen it, that, right? Is because it's happened right once, like maybe. Once. Well, Marino didn't Marino, Marino kind of did it too. I said we Mahomes saw it. Marino kinda. was drafted before I was born. Unless you're like way older than I thought you no. were. No, I'm just trying to think like who came in right away and just set the lead on fire at that position, like ever. Like Marino did it. Mahomes yeah, did I mean, it. like you know, I know Matt Ryan had a really good rookie season, but that was even kind not of an like anomaly because every no, mm-hmm. not like MVP level, but everyone was just kind of like whoa because that was good. It's just not normal. It's just not normal. First year starter. Well, he wasn't he wasn't a slam dunk pick out of Boston College, if you remember that draft. Yep. Like mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't go number one overall. He had nope. some flaws in his game. And so when he came out and played really, really well his rookie year, and then people were just kind of like, Yeah, this guy's gonna be a dude. And he is, and he was. Yeah, Hall of and, very and that's good player, dude, that is that that is uh that is that that is something that I think if you could ask Packers fans and be like, how would you feel if Jordan Love had a career similar to Matt Ryan. One MV, one, one MVP, never won a Super Bowl. Close, should have, honestly. Uh, but just that. Like, you know, knocking on the door of top five quarterback the entire time he was in the league. Had a couple of seasons where he was, like, the best. Because I feel like if you ask most Packers fans, they in their heart of hearts, they'd be like, oh, really? But, like, you would be – you should be thrilled. So you said true. that, and I would be like, "Yeah, I'm good with if he's Matt Ryan." Like, yeah. I saw Matt Ryan in this offense won the league MVP and went to the Super Bowl, and like you said, they should have won, but they didn't, and and that's that's the way that and I is. think that's that's your marker for quarterback play in the NFL is is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback? If you have that, that's so valuable. It doesn't have to be Mahomes. It doesn't have to be Josh Allen. It doesn't have to be Burrow. You know, it's it can be guys like uh. Tony Romo level never won a Super Bowl, but was good enough to Matt Ryan never won a Super Bowl should have, you know, guys like that. And I guess I, I listened to you guys, Burrow and Allen, they haven't won a Super Bowl either. So um, it gets it's really hard to win one. It's really hard to win one. You know, Burrow and Allen, I feel like are on a different like level than those. Well, Romo was an MVP candidate relatively perennially, never won one. Uh, Matt Ryan won an MVP, but that was like the only time he was a candidate. Allen yeah. and Burrow are on the short list. 
basically every year. Like if you're betting on the top three in the MVP discussion, maybe four, if you want to include Jalen hurts, but are those two guys hurts and Patrick Mahomes. And really it's kind of like Pat, a small drop. And then those three guys, just because you know, Mahomes is going to put up the numbers. That's just how it is, but let's get into our topic for tonight. There will be no shortage on takes after the Packers play the bears week one. I can promise you that much. It'll either be green Bay found another one or back to the eighties. Like you, you had mentioned and a changing of the guard and, and nowhere, that. nowhere in between. <laughs> I love yeah. It. Which is, that was a, one more thing before we do that. One of my favorite parts of last year's win at soldier field, when green Bay had the Christian Watson diving play in the jet sweep was after the game, Chicagoans getting at me and saying like, Oh, well, you know, we're trying to lose, you know, we're, it's better if we, if we lose and tank this season, blah, blah, blah. When it's like, I can promise you if they had held on and won that game, it would have been, yep. Changing of the guard. It's over. It's, and they're doing it now anyways, but it's Justin Fields' division. Now we beat the Packers who finished third, but they didn't do that. It's beside the point. Bears fans talk a lot without a lot of action behind it from their team. And I think that's strange. Um, me personally, when my favorite team is not winning, I don't have a whole lot to say because why, what is there to say? Yeah, frankly, but our topic for the night is related, which which is why I feel like a lot of people like lions fans. If you think about it, lions fans, if you meet a lions fan, they'll just kind of be like, like I met a guy a week ago in Kansas city. That's a lions fan. He goes like, yeah, I'm a lions fan. (laughs) It's just kind of like, Hey man. So anyway, sorry, that's all I had to say. Topic yeah. time. Yeah, it is our topic. So we have the NFC North. We are doing a draft. So you can pick uh, between the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings. Uh, and we're going to go uh, just one, two, one, two, one, two. We won't do a snake draft um, for that. But Morley flipped a coin, and I am convinced the coin flip was rigged, um, even though I watched him do it. And he did move his computer to show me what the coin landed on. But nonetheless, what the deal is, you could take one player, from the team, offense or defense, and then you explain why you want that player. So Jacob Morley with the number one pick uh, takes Justin Jefferson. Now tell us why. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and you know, I'm going to build my team. I'm going to build my team. I'm going to. So we're stealing one player from each divisional rival, and we each get you know one player from the team. Uh, and I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I don't think I don't think it's a stretch to say he's the best player in the conference. Like that's just how it is. Um, Taking him with my first overall pick, one, because I love the wide receiver uh, core that they have right now in Green Bay. Love it. I would do backflips if it had Justin Jefferson on it. I mean, imagine Justin Jefferson is your bucket getter week in and week out with Watson and Dubs as your secondary type guys. Dobbs. Dobbs. I am going to break you and Ross Uggum of that. His name is Romeo Dobbs. It is not Dubs. What did I say? What did I just say? You and Ross call him Dubs exclusively. It is Romeo Dubs. Dobbs. Respect his name. Dub Dobbs. Uh, I don't think he even knows what his name is. He said it, but I, I swear he said it like a bunch of different ways. I've done research on this. But anyways, uh, that's who I would pick is Justin Jefferson. Um, I think he would really help a young quarterback in Jordan Love. I've said this to you before, but like I like what the Bears did with going out and getting DJ Moore for their young quarterback. I think it can really help those guys a lot um, in their growth and development. So Justin Jefferson would be my first pick. So for me, the Vikings are off the board. Um, I can steal no more players from the Vikings, nor nor do I want to. Um, so 
the Vikings are off the board for me. You can go any three team you want um, and uh, tell me why you took Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since we're going to be on brand, I will tell you if I had gotten the first pick, I would have taken Justin Jefferson for the reasons you mentioned. Um, maybe the best player in the conference. Um, and like you said, adding him, you know, it's like me, my pipe dream of 2024 being the Raiders have to move on from Devonte, and then Devonte comes home to kind of be that final piece for the Jordan love death star offense. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with Jefferson, except Jefferson's younger. Um, the only concern I guess I have with Jefferson is he's kind of your quote unquote typical receiver. And I mean that like when things go poorly, he complains, um, he quits in the middle, he quit in the middle of that Packers game, like just, and maybe that's me being green and gold glasses and wanting to get a dig in on him or something like that. That's certainly possible, but he's very good. That's who I would take. But yeah, Aiden Hudson to me, uh, you pair him with Rashad Gary and you know, one year of, Preston Smith and you can pretty safely move on from him and Lucas Van Ness. And now you've got that three headed monster buzzsaw that they wanted to build when they got Rashawn Gary after signing the super Smith brothers uh, and Hutchinson last year was really good as a rookie. You guys saw him in the last game of the season against green Bay. He didn't like, I'm not going to say he took over the game, uh, but he had a, he had a sack on Rogers. It should have been a strip sack. Like the ball was out before Rogers was down, but they didn't call it that. The lions didn't challenge probably because there wasn't a clear recovery or whatever, but Adding to that that front and taking off the Lions there, he's got a really good chance of in year two to be their best player, uh, which is saying something. They have a pretty solid roster over there in Detroit. But, yeah, st- stick him on the other end from, from Rashawn Gary and uh, let the two Michigan guys hunt the quarterback. And then on third downs, you bring Lucas Van Ness in next to whether it's Devontae Wyatt or Kenny Clark and, and rush the passer. The Packers very clearly value that. Hutchinson – fit all I think he fit all of their athletic testing thresholds we didn't really talk about him too much because the Packers weren't in any position near able to to take him barring a gas mask and and maybe some other really really awful things happening that would cause him to slide to where Green Bay was picking that year but it was never going to happen um but yeah I, I would take Aiden and and stick him on the other side and good luck uh Good luck blocking my pass rushers. You'll have to get the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to install that that turf that they had in Arizona for the Super Bowl, which is just about the only thing that slowed down Hassan Reddick last year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. 
Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Good point. Great, great pick. That's, that's, that, is, that is who would have been my second pick, given the option if I had the first two picks back to back. Um, I will also note, I would have, if my wife had okayed it, I would have named my son Aiden. Like it was on the table as a name because she had told me she was pregnant with him a month after they had beaten Ohio state. And he had had that great Heisman finalist type season. So it was on the table. It should have anyways. You can just call him Aiden. I could, but like everybody pretty much calls him by his real name. So I feel like it's stuck. Yeah, nickname. All right. Well, well. So this after that, after Jefferson and Aiden, it's it honestly. I'm looking at the Bears and Lions rosters, and it starts to get kind of, kind of slim. Which is another point where it's like, man, and maybe this is green and gold glasses that I'm looking through it as well. But the Packers roster is so much better than any other team in the NFC North. I will tell you, there is one player for Detroit. Well, that's I'm getting to it, and I, th- I okay. bet it's the same player. Um, and he's got the pedigree. He's a top pick. He's still only 22 years old, and that's Panay Sewell. Is that who oh, you're going to go with? No, but no, that, I, that's uh, yeah. I can't believe I forgot about him. But I figured uh, there is okay. There's the What's other it? players. I can't take another lion. But I figured with team need and everything, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson would be. Yeah, so safety was another one that I looked at. And Kirby Joseph was another one that I looked at even. Um, but One of the greatest Instagram posts of all time. Yeah, yeah. But the way I see it, you know, tackles like Sewell do not just grow on trees. And like I said, still only 22 years old positionally. If I'm building a team and I want to steal just talent, I think he's probably him or Hutchinson or probably their you know, their top pedigree type guys that they have. Um, I think you stick them on the right side, right, right tackle. You let Bakhtiari play left tackle. And then, you know, you figure out what you want to do with Josh and, and Tom. And if, if worse comes to worse, you've got two of the best backup tackles in the NFL. Um, so, and, and, you know, and then future, future use, you can maybe kick them to the left side if Bakhtiari does choose to leave. So he would give you some, um, some insulation there in your old line room. Um, that is who I would steal from the Lions. Um, so what do you got up? You've got Bears and Vikings. Bears or Vikings left. Good luck, um, with, dude. Good luck with the Bears. I was going to say there might there might not well, be two players that we both want. 
don't there's know. There's a Hall of Fame. The Bears have a Hall of Famer speak. playing quarterback, so shame on you. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm Sorry. kidding. Uh, well, I'm not. Can you play, I, can I you play in the Can you play in the slot? Maybe I will say like there is some intrigue. Like if Justin Fields really does like flame out at quarterback, which I would give him every chance to do that. But like the possibilities of like a Terrell Pryor type position change is something that's that's interesting to me. If it ever got to that point, I still think obviously he's got enough talent to prove he can't play quarterback if if that is the time. But oh Vikings. And then um, Chicago. So I am going to go uh, – the Packers have a – I'm kind of basing it around the needs of the team and something that's current. So we've mentioned before they have Luke Musgrave, they have Tucker Craft, and they drafted two guys. Uh, but rookie tight ends are typically like – if we ranked like positions where rookies stink – like most rookies are terrible. But the position where rookies seem to like stink the most and or take the most time is tight end. So I was stunned still, and I still am, that the Packers have yet to add a veteran to that position. Uh, so the guy I'm going to go with is actually one of the players who like, I don't do overrated, underrated, whatever, but if I did one of the, and this is pretty much Thor Nystrom's fault, but um, one of the most overrated players, I think in his draft class, one of the most overrated players, I think in the NFL was TJ Hawkinson, but he's still a pretty good player uh, and adding him as that, that veteran presence to Jordan Love, he's going to be the number two target in Minnesota this year. He did some good things when he got to Minnesota last year. He's a good player. The problem that I had with Hawkinson was it's funny because, you know, this year it was everybody talks. It wasn't that long ago. I think Morley, you and I talked about this is you couldn't take or you had to take TJ Hawkinson in like the top 15. He was this generational tight end prospect. He was going to be the next Rob Gronkowski or insert whatever, you know, great tight end name here or whatever. And I mean, Hawkinson's good. He's a solid blocker, I guess he's, good enough with the ball in his hands. He's a big target, but like this dynamic playmaker or anything like that, not really. Um, but adding a presence like that to, to green Bay's offense, I think that he would give Musgrave and Kraft time to kind of grow into their role. And while doing so not being named Tyler Davis, because right now if the Packers lined up like, Hey, here's our starter at tight end and we don't want him to be a rookie. The line of scrimmage tight end is Tyler Davis, which is not great. Um, so when it comes to you know talent and proven commodity, tight end might be the worst position on the roster uh, simply because, well, the proven commodity part being the big deal for that because talent-wise, Musgrave and Kraft, talent is very good. I don't want to get my words twisted there. But like it's that and what, safety? But like safety still has Darnell Savage who has talent and has proven he can at least play in the league. Whether or not he's you know good or anything like that, we have no idea. Well, and if you're – if you're plucking a team's top player, someone that you just think is like, Hey, like someone that can help you the most that has the talent, all that positional value, like it's hard. Safety's kind of a hard sell unless you have, unless you have prime Ed Reed or something, you know, Well, if we had done this, like if we had done this like four or five years ago, Harrison Smith would have been slammed on my short list. Absolutely. So it it was with this, it was him or Derisaw. Um, And, and I kind of am going with like, well, the Packers have, potentially three starting tackles. Darisaw is not a quote unquote developmental player. Um, and, and the Packers need, if you will, uh, for that veteran at the tight end position, I think is, is paramount at this point. So I will take university of Iowa tight end, tight end universities, TJ Hawkinson. And I'm still pissed that Sam Laporta is a Detroit lion, but okay. Morley, you've got, we both got the, Oh God, we both got the bears left. Okay. Okay. Take Justin Fields. Just do it. 
No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Uh, I, I'm building a team here, right? I've got two premium guys. I've got a premier wide receiver. I've got a uh, borderline premier tackle from the Lions, if not already. And so now I'm looking at the Bears. Uh, and man it is hard it is hard um part of me i'm not gonna say i'll wait till you say it yours um but i think i honestly hmm, (laughs) i think their best player pound for pound is probably uh jalen johnson the corner I think he's a nice player. I think he's good. I think he would fit in really well with what the Packers do. Um, I don't know if he. I don't know how much better he is. I mean, he's not better than Jair. He's probably better than Rasul. He is better than Rasul. So Jair and Jalen Johnson on the outside would be kind of cool. Maybe you can move Rasul to safety then, and figure it out from there. So I'm kind of just talking and thinking out loud right now. So I haven't locked it in. You know, Eddie Jackson is someone that my people might point to, but again, he has not been the same since Amos left. So yeah, I'm gonna go Jalen Johnson, the corner out of Utah. Only 24 years old. Give him to me, add him to the defense. Maybe they'll be able to stop somebody. I won't hold my breath on that. Uh Jalen Johnson would have been on my short list, but uh I'm thank you were I guess you were wrong, and maybe I'm kind of surprised you didn't go this route just knowing you, but maybe you didn't want to overkill. I don't know. DJ Moore. <laughs> um, no, no that, I, that's – I already took a receiver, so I wasn't going to take another yeah, one. That yeah, was, I, there's two other guys that I was going to talk about um, that I'll, I'll let you go first, but he was one of them. Yeah, Eddie Jackson. You, you do your thing. Came, yeah, Eddie Jackson came There's one mind. other one uh, that is kind of under the radar, that I, but I just really liked him, and that's the rookie tackle. But I Oh, Darnell right. Well. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I know that I think the Packers liked him too. Uh, but I mean, we'll never know the bears, uh, the bears took him long before, but yeah, I was thinking like, you know, what weak spots do I have left on the roster? I know they spent some money on some off ball linebackers, but I'm like, neither one of those guys are either appreciable upgrades or worth the upgrade of, you know, killing the investment I have already in Quay Walker. So Tremaine Edmonds and, and TJ Edwards, I don't need to do anything there. You took Jalen Johnson. That's the only corner that I would be, relatively interested in Eddie Jackson. He's good. I think the problem with Eddie Jackson is he got a market setting contract. And then now we look at him like a market setting player. So we're like, Oh, he stinks. It's like, well, no, he doesn't stink, but like, he's not as good as the contract he has either, which we always look at players through, through that kind of prism. I I mean, none of like running backs, the Packers don't really need one of those. They don't have, like you mentioned, Darnell Wright's a rookie. I wouldn't steal him. Um, so it's it's I'm really just left with with DJ Moore. So I'm gonna go ahead and and grab him and add him to a receiving core that is Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. And and uh, now I have DJ Moore in there, and they can play all kinds of games with that. And I took two pass catchers, so I don't even know who I am anymore. So there you go, yeah, everybody. What the that. heck? So, so there's our draft. So just to recap real quick, I went with Aiden Hutchinson, DJ Moore, and TJ Hawkinson for my three picks for that. And Morley went with Justin Jefferson, Jalen Johnson, and who did you pick from Detroit? Oh, Penny Sewell. That's the mm-hmm. second time I've forgotten him. I really need to do some soul searching when we finish this up here. But 
that's what we've got for our our NFC North draft. Maybe next week we'll try and add to to some spots for something else. Or I don't know if you've got something you guys want us to talk about. Feel free to hit us with with what you got there. One other thing, I guess I, I do want to cover because Andy Herman was talking about today how Jacob, can you name the five starters the Packers started Week One with last year against Minnesota on the offensive line from uh, left to right? Left, let's see, left to right. So it would have been Yash at left yes. tackle. Yep, left guard. Man, uh, was it Runyon at left guard? It was. And then Myers at center. Yep. Jake Hansen at right guard. Yep. And then was Elton back yet at right tackle? No. No, it was Big Dirt. It wasn't it? Bryce Newman. Oh, God. Wow. So it is It is incredible to me how just the – you know, for all the, for all the flack, and deservedly so, that Joe Barry and his coaching staff get, Matt LaFleur and – to an extension, Rich Bisaccia both last year kind of have this Teflon on them to some degree as far as their decision-making went. And they have some decisions in my mind that are indefensible. Um, Matt LaFleur and his group, whoever made that decision, but I'm LaFleur's the head coach, so I'm giving it to him. Starting Jake Hansen, who to me is like not a rosterable player, and if he is on your roster, he should probably only ever play center. And they started him like that was their preferred starter. And the weird part about it is I went back and looked at like some of Rogers's press conferences or whatever. And he was just like, so cocksure about him. Like, yep, it's, it's, it's those two guys on the right side. And it was just like, all of us were kind of sitting here like, okay, that's going to be a disaster. Royce Newman, maybe he'll be a good or a good enough guard at some point, but like tackle, no way. Um, and Hanson with that. So that decision and some of the decisions the Packers have made in general in terms of personnel was really tough. And Basaccia is another one where just sending Amari Rogers back there until it was painfully obvious he couldn't do it. And the Packers had an all pro kick returner standing there the entire time. And now granted, like Andy pointed out earlier in an episode, he does get credit because Keyshawn Nixon's not in green Bay. If Basaccia is not there, but I mean, I've got some, I wouldn't say concerns, but I've got some questions about the decision-making of these two coaches that doesn't get talked about that much. So like what, I guess, I mean, if I'm, and I'm saying that and like my concern level is at like a four, but where's your concern level on some of their decision-making that they'll get the best players on the field? Because I feel, I do feel like that they have tended to lean veteran slash older player instead of younger player when they've had some guys kind of waiting in the wings, ready to go kind of thing. Yeah. I think, I think part of that is just LaFleur being a younger coach and wanting to establish like his culture with like, Hey, veterans first, but he's not really a young coach anymore. Like he's well, and he doesn't really have a choice this year. Like there is no, there aren't very many veteran holdovers, like the veteran holdover to keep, Luke Musgrave off the field, for example, is Tyler Davis. To keep Jaden Reed off the field is Samari Toure. No offense to Samari Toure, who could be a potential breakout player type, but it's just like we're not talking about Lane Taylor, who started a boatload of games in the NFL over Elton Jenkins or, or just stuff like that. But it's it's mostly been at 
offensive line though too if you go back like to the nfc championship year the year before they just they, they moved everything around and it just it blew up in their face and i don't know and it's man it's almost like did they learn their lesson but then they come out and do that same thing in week one and it blew up in their face so that's technically two game two games in a row where they completely got it wrong so i mean the good thing is they eventually get it right but it'd be nice to not have to sacrifice a game or two. So, yeah, I don't know. That is something for sure that you can point to and be like, LaFleur has struggled with that. But I think that's, I think that's kind of just a coaching thing in general. I think all coaches do, you know, they, they're apt to make mistakes like that for guys they think sure. are playing well in practice. And, you know, for all we know, Jake Hansen was a badass in practice, you know, cause some guys are like that. And then the lights come on and they're not it. Uh, that happens. It, it happens vice versa, too. So it's not uncommon. But, you know, luckily the Packers corrected the Jake Hansen thing immediately. Right. They he was on the bench the next week. Well, I think he got he got hurt in that game and then Runyon had to move oh, over yeah. and then he never started again or anything like that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm interested to see how they do it. One thing this year that I am hopeful of is I'm a big believer in continuity on the offensive line, playing the same position next to the same guys. Every week. And the Packers under Matt LaFleur have kind of spit in the face of that. Um, essentially every year since he's been here. And that's uh that's some of different. it is due to injuries some, though, too. Yeah, like some the, of it's due to injuries, certainly. But um, well, I mean, it's always gonna be due to injuries, but yeah, I mean a, an example could be instead of moving a tackle into guard and a guard out to tackle or just kind of playing ring around the rosy that way. I, I'd have to get a better example. I didn't fully prepare for some I stuff. I wonder I almost wonder if that that's the case for Zach Tom not starting at right tackle is because he can legitimately back up all five. I mean he's like, like baby super he's like ba- yeah baby Elton like someone gets hurt you're in you know and so like all those guys are going to be familiar with him to an extent. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. It's nice having a guy like that. But if he's one of the if but they've also shown us they're going to start whoever they think their best five are in some capacity. So I, which I think is smart, but you know, it's just tough, man. It's it, especially at that position, guys get hurt, guys get hurt often. And you know, the year that the Packers had all five of their guys start all 17 games or whatever it was like that doesn't happen often. And that was awesome. So hopefully, you know, just here's to that, whoever their starting five is in week one, hopefully it's the right five and hopefully they stay all stay healthy and play together the whole year. That'd be great. Is that too much to ask? Probably. Probably. So that's going to do it for this episode. If you'd like for us to talk about something next week, shoot us a message on the old interwebs, the bird app. You could follow me there. I'm at Jacob Westarp. He's at Jacob Morley. We're out of time. See you guys next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.